Welcome to the Yes You Can podcast, a soft place to land for fit pros and aspiring entrepreneurs looking for a motivational cheerleader who's been through it all and believes your best life is about being brave and tapping into your magic. Hi, I'm Hannah Pratt, a coach, online marketing guru, and vulnerability queen, ready to share my experiences through grief, life, and finding my place on the podium to help you level up in this thing called life. Grab a latte and a notebook and get ready to be inspired. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Yes You Can podcast. My name is Hannah. I'm your host. I'm also the founder of Instructor Magic, which is a six-week online course to help fitness professionals level up, fill classes, and change lives by honing in their skills in the areas of motivation, musicality, marketing, coaching, voice, and presence. And you're tuning tuning in at a really exciting time because enrollment is now open. I did a little secret sneaky Boxing Day sale offer that is currently running. Depending on when you listen to this, it might not be. And we start on January 17th. So if you are interested, head to hannahrosepin.com and you can get all the information about my amazing course, which I am unabashedly promoting because as they say in the Instagram reels, you need to post about your products to let people know they exist. So friends, let's get into this episode. This is going to be a bit of a freewheeling one. So we'll see how the editing goes. We'll see what I need to take out and keep in and all of that sort of stuff. But I'm going to be talking about grief and how grief has given me the permission to go after my dreams. Now, you might not have a major life event that correlates to grief. You might not really fully have something that you can relate to in this area. But I think that hearing my story, if that's the case for you, hearing my story might also give you that same permission. So keep on listening is what I'm trying to say, even if you might not have looked at the title and been like, yeah, that's me, totally. So for those of you who don't know, my mom passed away seven years ago and it was a very sudden event in my life. She, this is a trigger warning. I'm going to be talking about mental health a lot right now. So if you're not in the space to listen, I would tune out and maybe come back to this episode. Okay, so if anybody who's still here wants to be here, good, let's continue. So I lost my mom really suddenly. She was battling a really intense episode of depression. It was a catalytic event where, you know, she had probably experienced depression in her life at various points, but for all intents and purposes, she was very um, happy. We had a wonderful, happy family life for my, for 26 years, which was, you know, how old I was at the time. And I talk about this in episode one of the podcast. I'm not going to rehash the entire thing, but basically my parents went through a very sudden separation and it wasn't prompted by my mom. So she was absolutely devastated and I would say blindsided by this and went through what was an incredibly dark time for about six months and I lost her at the end of those six months. And this event has changed me completely for so many reasons and in so many different ways. Number one, losing a parent in your 20s, I think just is like a, feels like you've experienced an explosion and you're trying to slowly pick up the pieces and trying to figure out how to be an adult at the same time as losing your soft place to land. For me, my mom was my absolute everything, my cheerleader, my best friend. 
the person I called and, and texted with any good news, bad news, anytime I needed anything, she was there. We were incredibly close and losing her felt like losing a limb. And it's one that I'm still learning to live without and still, you know, if you if you're into medical stuff at all, I obviously have all my limbs, but it feels like as if I were to have lost an arm and I still go to reach for something with that, with that lost limb. Like it feels like there's a ghost there. And I don't mean in the spiritual sense. I mean, in the, the reflex to still call her, still text her anytime something happens in my life. And I don't have a moment to think about her not being there because even seven years later, it still feels like that. And so it's, it was massive event in my life. And there's, there's a lot of baggage and a lot of things I've had to deal with, especially around abandonment and hyper independence, trying to build a life that she'd be proud of and realizing that that desire to build a life to make her proud of me has driven a lot of cases almost almost burnout and just extreme extreme motivation and to be honest that's why I get a lot of questions about wanting to do episodes on motivation and how to find motivation and I'm like you know I can't relate to that I really can't I almost have too much motivation I need to stop myself from doing so much Part of that's ADHD, and which is another episode you can listen to. But I've always had this, since that moment, I've always had this desire to build a life that she'd be proud of. And that's driven a lot of my decisions. The thing I want to talk about today is how grief and losing somebody and confronting your mortality gives you permission and I'll I'll call it a gift of going after things that might scare you but are the things that you dream of. Now, I'm going to go back into my story a little bit to give context. So, my mom and my parents did everything for us. They we had the type of life where I had friends who'd want to be adopted by my family. Like everybody loved my mom. And she was such a bright light for so many. She, her job was a little bit morbid. It was a little bit CSI. She worked in the autopsy suite at, in pathology at the hospital. And for somebody who was so outgoing and such a people person, it was, it was kind of ironic that she was working in the suite where there was literally nobody alive except for, and no offense to my pathologist friends, but some sometimes really awkward and doctor friends who were like or doctors who were compl- like did, had no bedside manner for obvious reasons because <laughs> they didn't need to and she worked there she also worked in in children's x-ray at the hospital and so she worked at, at health science center for for decades and she had to get this this autopsy position which was a promotion or like a different level of a, of a role. She needed to go back to school. And some something that I'm very proud of was that I got my master's degree. I also have under, undergrad degree, obviously. And I also have a two-year creative communications diploma, which really is also like a master's degree. So I have three degrees. And one of the reasons I was so motivated to get that master's was because I'd been talking to my mom about it before she passed away. 
And as somebody who didn't go to university, this was a big sort of dream for her that I was wearing on my back and carrying forward. She, her and my dad had us in their twenties, which is something I can't imagine now as somebody who doesn't have kids. I'm like, I can't imagine having two kids by the age of 29. <laughs> like it's just, I'm in my thirties now and still don't know if I feel ready yet as much as I love kids. But she paused a lot of the things she wanted to do because of family. And she loved school when she ended up going back to school for this autopsy position. She absolutely loved it. And thrived in this learning environment. And one thing that frustrated me about her job and the way I I saw people treat her, especially with some of these doctors who didn't have the best bedside manner and was working in a really high stress environment, you know, they would do homicide cases and like really horrible things. They'd see a lot of really horrible things was there's this really intense hierarchy that exists in organizations like that. It's also true for university environments and higher learning where there's this like hierarchy, right? There's the, there's the professor and then there's the underlings or there's the head of the department. And then there's all these other people who have maybe somewhat like some seniority. And then it's like, this is this fucking ladder. Pardon me. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to swear. It's this ladder. Right. And even as amazing as my mom was, I saw her get treated kind of shittily by people. And it frustrated me. It made me so angry. Injustices, are something injustices like that especially are things that will make me see red and i will i'll interrupt i'll stick my nose where it doesn't belong to if i see this on the street type of thing if i've, I've gotten into it with people and shoppers drug marts and 7-elevens before when somebody was treating the clerk poorly and it's i just can't stop myself it's there's my adhd impulsivity like rears its head when i'm faced with a situation like that So I think part of my frustration of seeing her kind of bash against the ceiling of what she was able to achieve due to her education in this stream that she chose was was one of the reasons why I wanted to go full full on with school. The other the other reason was I saw her in the six months that she was really battling this angry beast and this shadow and this just horrible horrible affliction that is truly an illness was that she had all these dreams that she hadn't gone for and she didn't say this to me but when I was trying to help her see hope and help her see a potential future we were talking about these dreams and I was sort of advocating you you can go back to school you can do all these things And for a lot of reasons, she couldn't see this future. She just couldn't, no matter how hard we tried and no matter how much support we, we built in for her with psychologists and psychiatrists and all the sort of stuff, but she just couldn't see it. And when I lost her, it was like pressing a reset button on all that I knew and held dear. And part of that was the solid foundation of a family structure, having dinners every Sunday. And the second part of that was who I was in relation to this family and 
and people who had known me my entire life, all of a sudden my mom, who the person who knew me best was gone. And I felt like my tether to myself was also severed. And for, I spoke about it in episode one, my dad and I went through a period of not speaking and I was like truly, truly alone in this world with the exception of a relationship that was incredibly toxic and and my brother who moved away that same year to California. And that's a bit of a foreshadowing on, on chasing your dreams. So this like tethering to myself, a person who, who had kind of built my life around the safety of my family was all of a sudden gone. And I felt this reset button was, was horrifying and terrifying and scary and all the sort of stuff. But I was also confronted with mortality. So there's the severing of everything I knew and held dear. And then there's this like, wow, life is short. And you hear that expression all the time. You also hear the expression life is long, but you, I think it's a little bit more easily said when you haven't seen somebody's life cut short at the age of 56. So I all of a sudden realized how, what, like what death actually meant. <laughs> Cause I think we, we picture losing our parents and maybe you're listening to this and you've lost some, lost somebody, you know, too. You picture death being something you experience at the age of 85, 90, after you've had all the time in the world to do all the things that you want to do. And not something that comes and snuffs out a candle when it just was lit or when it's maybe 25% of the way down. You think of death as being something that comes and there's lots of closure to be had and there's lots of memories to be shared. And even if there's an illness, there's time to talk about all the stuff instead of something that all you get a call on a Friday night saying your person is gone and there's no conversations about anything. It's a whole other, whole other podcast episode right there. But I was confronted with mortality and all of a sudden I was fueled as well, not all of a sudden, let, let's say all of a sudden this, this something came over me and I was like, I have to build a life that I love. If I'm going to survive this grief, I have to build a life that I love. If I'm going to survive losing my mom, I have to build a life that I love. I have to fill that with so much love and creativity and inspiration that not only would she be proud of me, but that I can have the bravery and courage and motivation and momentum to get out of bed every day. Because otherwise I have no idea how I'm going to do it. And I couldn't have articulated that exact feeling at the time, but I just knew that all of the bullshit of like, what will people say and what will people think and what will people do if I step out and try this thing and really put myself forward, like really put me as, as a person forward into asking for more or doing more or shining brighter whatever it whatever the manifestation of of this feeling was all of that fell away and i felt completely impermeable i felt completely like 
I had this armor that was like, you cannot fucking touch me with your bullshit (laughs) jealousy or petty remarks or anything. And there's been times since since seven years ago where I've forgotten that. I've really forgotten how strong I am and I've forgotten about all that I've been through and I've allowed the opinions of others to settle in my psyche and take up a little bit of a, a residence there and give them some free goddamn rent in my mind instead of reminding myself of all that I've been through and survived. And this isn't an episode to be like, Hannah's so amazing, but like truly, if I think back to what I endured and what I went through and how I how I survived this period, being the executor of my mom's estate at the age of 26, selling the house, cleaning it out by myself with a few a few helpful visits from people, but mostly by myself, moving furniture, getting the U-Haul, getting the storage units, talking to lawyers, dealing with like the case of my mom's estate because she left a note and didn't have a will and like, oh my God, was that ever a mess? If I think about all that and then buying a house and then going through separation and then starting, basically starting over again financially after I was wiped clean from that, like I've been through it. And so do you think that somebody on social media is saying, wow, you must really love yourself, which is an actual comment I got. It's like, yeah, yeah, motherfucker, I do love myself. (laughs) I do. And I deserve to love myself. Okay. And I deserve to love my life. But I shouldn't have to like recite all of those things just to get somebody's approval, right? I should not have to, nor should you. The point is that if you ever feel like you have people who are trying to hold you down or tear you down, remind yourself of all the things that you've actually been through, life itself, and how if you can't see that, if you haven't had so much experience that you feel kind of the same impermeable feeling that I've described that you will one day and you're going to want to shake yourself and being like, do not listen. Don't even waste a breath. Don't even waste a moment on thinking about them for one second because it truly does not matter. It truly does not matter. If somebody's listening to this and they're, you know, trying to catch me in something or I've had some people who have been in my life who've turned out to be not good people and I know I sort of feel like this looking over my shoulder for the last two years, let's say, of wondering if they're going to come at me again and wondering if if I'm going to get a a crazy comment or an email or whatever it is. And if they're listening to this and they're wasting their their time, they're wasting their time, whereas I'm here spending time putting something good into the world. So let's like a little tangent on acknowledging that caring about what other people think is something that we all do. But once you've been through something real, like grief, the loss of somebody or something, you care less about it. So number one, and you're going to have to remind yourself of how strong you are because people and the world can unfortunately be kind of a cruel place, especially to those who are going after their dreams. Number two, there is this, feeling that I expressed expressed at the beginning of this episode when I was talking about going after my education because I wanted my mom to be proud of me and I wanted to build a life she was proud of where like 
you do start to, I think for people who lost somebody they loved and respected, they constantly want to do new things or try new things that they would have been excited to tell their, their person about. And for me, one of those projects that I, I haven't talked about a lot lately and because the pandemic really kind of killed it in a lot of ways, but it's still there. It's still happening like behind the scenes kind of is the Winnipeg Dress Collective. And so I gave away my wedding dress to the, I was supposed to get married twice actually, but I was supposed to get married in 2017, I think. Blocked it on my mind. And I didn't obviously. And I gave away my wedding dress on Kijiji. And this started this whole project called the Winnipeg Dress Collective, where I took new and used bridal gowns who had been donated by brides and I matched them up with brides in need. My story was I wanted to give away my wedding dress. Tell me why you deserve a free wedding dress and I'll give it to you. And I got like hundreds of submissions and it became a national story. I made it onto CBC and CTV national. Not that that was the goal, but it was kind of interesting. And it became this whole thing. And the whole inspiration for the Winnipeg Dress Collective was my mom, thousand percent. She was such an altruistic human being and she would have been really proud of what I created. And, and I launched my first fitting event on the day that she passed away, the, the anniversary of her passing, March 18th, because I wanted to do something good on that day to honor her. I didn't want to just be sitting in my house feeling sad because honestly, like, I had four years of that at that point, and it's it's the worst. So projects like that or things that you might try in your life are to make somebody else proud who who's passed away. And I know that this is like, there's a fine line of living your life for you and living like your life for somebody else. But I know that being courageous is so much easier when you think you're doing it on behalf of somebody else. I talk about this all the time in spin class. When I ask people to celebrate or cheer or be expressive or give me energy, it's, and I say, give it to, because this is for the neighbor beside you. This isn't for you. As soon as I direct their, their action to give it to somebody else, I get so much more from that person. I get so much more energy. I get so much more cheering motivation, all the sort of stuff. So when you do this in your own life and you want to honor somebody or something, again, you give yourself permission to go for it 100% because you're trying to do it for somebody else. So the second way that you feel like you have permission to go after your dreams is because you're trying to honor them. The first way was because you stop caring about what people think. Number three, back to mortality. Life is short, friends. Life is so short. And when I was talking to my mom about things she wanted to do, I realized there was this list of things that she had never gone after for her own self, for her own self. So there was things she didn't do for herself. And I know that from having conversations with her, I know that from watching her build a life that was really focused on her family. And I think that that loss or that unfulfillment of dreams for herself really gave me the permission to go out and just live the most full life. And one thing that my mom had tattooed on her before she passed away, which was maybe three months 
She never had a tattoo before. Again, I talked about this in episode one. I had gone to temporary tattoos that said, be brave and be brilliant. And they were Cal Bartuski temporary tattoos. She's an artist in Winnipeg and had sold them. And my mom wanted be brave tattooed on her. And I was like, you know what? If this is going to make you happy, if it's going to make your day, then let's go best. I'll pay for it for Christmas. And after she passed away, I got the tattoo be brave as well. So I have that same tattoo on, on me. She had it on her arm. I have it on my ribs. And I think being brave in the pursuit of your dreams is one of the best things that you can do for yourself. And unfortunately, people realize this often too late when they are looking back at their life and being like, I should have done this. I should have written that book. I should have gone after this person or this relationship. I should have put myself out there. I should have done the things I wanted to do more. I should have created more boundaries so that I was happier and had more time to, for my creative pursuits. I should have done these things. It doesn't even need to be something that, you know, is productive in a traditional sense, but trying dance, trying a new hobby. Often we just like, we think that there's so much time and there really is not. There isn't. Each decade of your life is 10 years. Like that's not a, that's not a big amount of time. And I've witnessed somebody have that sort of reckoning. And then I've been on the other side after their life was cut short. And I thought about all the things my mom was to this world and how much more she had to give. And I just wonder, I just wonder, you know, I wonder what all, about all that untapped potential. I wonder about all the things she could have done if she was still alive and in your own mortality, friends, like life will end. And often it's not going to be the things that you work wise that you wish you would have done. But I do think for, for me as an entrepreneur, as somebody who has an online course and, and freelance and, and this podcast and, you know, monetized my intellectual property, like this is so fun to me. And this does feel like being brave in my creative pursuits and, and passions. And I know that there's a lot of people who are super successful in business who don't have the courage to go out and be a personal brand and all the things that that comes with. And I think with unequivocally, like without a doubt that losing my mom gate switched something for me where I stopped playing it safe. One of the quotes that I love so much is about, is something that was in her obituary. I'm going to butcher it. So I'm actually going to pull it up and it goes, I'm like literally not even gonna, I'm not even gonna cut this part out as I look for it. So it was Jack London. And the quote reads is, I would rather be a superb meteor, every atom of me in magnificent glow than a sleepy and permanent planet. The function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. And the beginning of the quote is, I would rather be ashes than dust. I would rather be... I'd rather that my spark should burn out in a brilliant blaze than it should be stifled by dry rot. So this quote speaks to not only going after your dreams and doing the things that you want to do and being brave and being that spark, being that fire and harnessing it and just like allowing it to fuel you, but also not, not measuring the, your life in the quantity of days, but rather the quality of them. And if there's something on your heart that you know will make you truly happy, whether that's moving, whether that's breaking up with a person, whether that's going after a person, whether that's 
quitting your job or starting a new career or living more simply or saving up for a house or whatever it is, like just do it. Like your life is your own. You have to stop living it for other people. You have to stop living it for other people because that person is not the people that you care about whose, whose perspectives, maybe it's your own family. Maybe it's friends, maybe it's whoever. The opinions of others are not going to be with you when you die. It's going to be the pin of your opinion of yourself that's going to count the most. And this isn't a, you know, live so that you, you live. This isn't like a YOLO, like go out and do all the things so that you don't have any regrets. You're going to have regrets, I'm sure. But let them not be the ones that are related to going after your dreams and being brave in the pursuits of things that make you happy. So those are my three, the three things. Number one, they you stop caring about what other people think and you have to constantly remind yourself of how strong you are and able to, in order to be able to do that. Number two, you start to live a life that you want your, your person, your human to be proud of. And three, you realize that you need to, to start investing in the quality of the time that you have here and stop playing small and stop like in whatever that means to you. Playing small doesn't mean that you have what other people, people would call a boring life, but actually you're really happy about it. Playing playing small means that you are withholding yourself and you are limiting yourself because of fear, because of whatever it is. So that is the episode today. I hope that this really, I hope this inspired you. I have lots of um, like really exciting things that I'm going to be doing in 2022. This is probably going to be the last episode for the year. I'm going to be launching a new coaching program for those who do want to go after their dreams of adding an online offering to their business, who want to get back some of their days so that they can have better quality of time and stop, you know, like feeling completely burnt out by a business that you they used to love. I'm going to be launching an, a motivational goal setting club called the Yes You Can Club really excited about that. There's going to be merch. There's going to be all sorts of things that are going to be coming out with that. And, you know, let's stay tuned for Hannah's career. Well, we'll see what goes on. Reminder, Instructor Magic opens on January 17th. This is going to be one, it's going to be one special cohort. I've got a lot of amazing things planned and I have a whole slew of free webinars coming up. So head to hannahrospin.com if you're interested in any of my instructor resources. And I will see you on the next episode, friends. Yes, you can. Bye.